Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sap. It's Fightful Wrestling. It is January 12th, 2022. It is your AEW Dynamite review. We got plenty of stuff to talk about debuts, title matches, mm-hmm. all that good stuff. We had the listing your boy today where we talked about. Uh, I don't know, a big Fightful Select story about Corey Graves being cleared. I'll shill that a little bit later. Uh, We got uh, the MLW lawsuit against WWE. That's wild. That all happened today. We've got interviews this week with Zicky Dice and Leo Rush here on Fightful. So if you don't mind, leave us a thumbs up. If you're watching on YouTube, head over to iTunes or Spotify or wherever the, the hell else you want to find us on audio. Leave us a nice review. I can't tell you how much that helps us because so much of our audience is on YouTube that we don't necessarily get that from those audio platforms. But there's other ways you can support us. I mentioned Fightful Select. You can send a super chat if you're watching live on YouTube. It gets your question or statement read on the air. But if you want to... Sorry, I got the hiccups there. <laughs> I got. I keep getting the hiccups during the show. If you want to take that a step beyond, you can go to humperchats.com. You may say... Ooh, Sean, you're feeling naughty tonight. No, Humper Chats is in reference to a camel. Camel humps. Humper Chats, leave your question or your statement. Humperchats.com. Let's just keep a little bit more of that. We got Alex Palowski here. Alex, how you doing? You having a humpy hump day? Uh, uh, a very humpy hump day indeed. Uh, but um, yeah, I, uh, I, I was... Man, <laughs> when you when you posted the eye emoji, I was like, "Well, this this should be interesting," uh, on your Twitter. And then uh, and then you kept. Uh, if you had given me a million guesses, I would not have guessed that we might get the Sterling James Keenan back in a wrestling ring again. Um, that that kind of knocked me for a loop. So I've been kind of recovering from that uh, all day. But uh, hell of a night of AEW, fellas. Robert, how you doing? Doing pretty good. Alex basically described exactly what happened with my reaction when you posted the eye emoji because I immediately said, hey, what's going on? And I said I would have guessed that in a million years. Nope. And that's Uh, really good for your Corey. Yeah, I did not expect that, although I probably should have a little bit um, because WWE does not let people do much of anything when they're on a no contact list. And Corey Graves, uh, for all the complaining I did about a schoolboy roll-up today, I went back and watched his 24-7 segment. And oddly enough, Corey Graves and Byron Saxton, who hadn't wrestled in years each, did two of the best schoolboy roll-up pins in WWE in the last few years. Um, but 
We'll talk more about that later. Subscribe to FightfulSelect.com. Uh, that's where we broke that news today. That's where we broke broke a, a whole lot of news uh, every single day, including that Brody King was in the building tonight. Uh, we'll talk about that later on. We've got AEW Dynamite. And Alicia Ellis says, great way to end my birthday watching Fightful. Well, you know what, Alicia? We're, we're glad to have you here. Happy birthday. You support us so much. And, and we always love to see it. Guys, this show brought to you by manscaped.com slash Fightful. We definitely encourage you guys to check that out. Hit them up on Twitter as well. But we kicked off this show with the Indisputed Era, as I like to call them, because it's a lot better than the Paragon. We had O'Reilly, Fish, Cole come out, and the Young Bucks followed. And they're like, what's going on here? And there was a bit of friction. But Adam Cole was very much like, yeah, I love it. Some friendly competition. We're not like those losers, the best friends. Well, those losers, the best friends come out. And um, odds not quite even here, which we'll talk about momentarily. Chris Statlander comes out and Britt Baker follows. Uh, Now, I definitely trust AEW to do this uh, a lot better than other companies have. And I got to tell you, there is a particular demographic that's going to enjoy this. My wife marked out like she was watching a fucking Twilight movie (laughs) at 17 years old. Oh, my God. It's so cute. I love love. I'm like, they're heels. They're bad people on this show. But that is neither here nor there. Chris Rain says he's looking so forward to Britt and Adam tagging together. Alex, what did you think of this segment? I got to say, her stealing the Young Bucks kiss yeah. was really good stuff. That was really good. Um, a few things. Uh, I I really did love that the Young Bucks hate Red Dragon and vice versa. Because yeah. that, that just give, gives me... like the, They're building two, obviously. Adam's got to choose one. And whichever one he chooses... That's when Kenny shows up and helps the other the other pairing, which is like the dream feud. Is is that just give me a few of those trios matches? Like I don't know a dozen. Like I'll, I'll watch that forever. Um, so I was very excited about that. And then uh, best friends come down, and and I love Orange Cassidy not having to say anything and just attacks Adam Cole. And I like how Red Dragon and Young Bucks back each other up in, in the brawl because even if you don't like your brothers in the gang, you're still in the same gang. So you got it. There's going to be a rumble. You got to throw hands. And I thought that was really cool. And I, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I think the, the the most I marked out was Statlander standing up to, to Cole because of all the women in AEW, I, I if they ever do an intergender match, I feel like Statlander's the one to do it. She is just a powerhouse, and I don't I don't I don't believe she backed down to anybody. And I thought that was kind of cool. I don't think we're actually going to get it. Gonna get it. But every time they tease me with Chris Stantlander standing up to somebody, I go, ooh, someday. Um, but uh, when Britt ran down and attacked Stantlander, I was like, this is really, really important to me because they kept that so close to the vest. They mention in passing that Britt and Adam are a thing. Like Tony Schiavone will bring it up or whatever. But... Um, they've never actually done a segment together, if, if, unless I'm wrong, on television. This was like them saying, we are the it couple and the grit couple of AEW. And if, if one of the other places is going to have it, we're going to have it too. And ours is kind of better. It's like it was that it felt like they were they were staking that claim. I thought it was really well handled, well done. And this is actually a mixed tag match that I am looking forward to for a change. 
Now, uh, there are some, you know, some some obvious options as to who could help even up the odds with best friends, Robert. We've been mentioning Johnny Gargano on this show quite a bit. But uh, how'd you feel about this? And I, I like them working Brit in with Adam Cole because they have not ignored it on this show. And when the opportunity presents itself, this made an awful lot of sense. Yeah, see, that's the important thing is it made sense. It was like, oh, here's an opportunity for me to go help him because he's not Dan Lambert and he's not itching a hitter. So I'll just run down and make the save, you know? And But all of us are. Yeah, that's, that's true. If you believe all Dan one Lambert. hitter right in the face. Yep. <laughs> but uh. Great segment. I am all for Brit being an official member of the Paragon or whatever they want to call it. Uh, this This works. And it was a refreshing change of pace to see Britt away from Rebel and Jamie Hayter. So I liked everything about this. ShotKid29 says Kyle O'Reilly needs eye contact. Uh, I did think about you, Sean, when he kept saying that. That's fantastic. So they're backstage, they being uh, this this group of, of top heels, so to speak. And they're arguing over what Brandon Landon's name is. And then they all tell him to shut up. This was Good old-fashioned fun. Tom LaValle says best friends still feuding with the Indisputed Era. And in two weeks is Cleveland. Could Johnny be waiting for a hometown pop? I would think so. Because if if they are continuing this feud for any other reason, I am just like, ugh, at this point. Unless it is a vehicle to debut Johnny Gargano. I don't really I don't, want to see I think team. Johnny's genuinely just waiting to be a dad and then he'll figure out wrestling later quite possibly quite possibly shot kid 29 says if sue doesn't drive in johnny for beach break money left on the table and like we said like i i would love i would have loved if if it could somehow have been after the birth that way you see him lean into the car and adjust the car seat <laughs> and he's like leaning out like no hold on this is yep. way more difficult than anybody realizes yeah. Like I think there's something really funny to be done there. Yeah, I I I wouldn't be surprised to see him debut in Cleveland because it's Cleveland, it's his hometown, sure. and then take some time off or at least a reduced schedule to be there for the birth, to be a dad. Um my own personal fantasy booking is that he comes out, "Hey, I'm an AEW now. I'm Johnny Wrestling. It's my hometown." And for the first time that we see him since he lost to Hangman, Danielson comes out, says, hey, Johnny Wrestling, I'm Brian Wrestling. Would you like to do the wrestling tonight? And then Daniel Bryan, uh, Brian Danielson, that guy, like he he puts Johnny on the kayfabe shelf. So Johnny can go away and be a dad when his, when his kid is born. And when he comes back, we've got that feud waiting for us. I think that's oh, what I would love to see happen. I do want to say I would absolutely trust Sue with my child, though. Like yes, that's, that is, that's a babysitter. That is true. That, that is, is true. a babysitter. Mark Losper says, I'm okay with the mixed tag if they don't do the WWE rule set. If they have women can't hit men and vice versa, then I'm all the way out. I don't think they would do that move set. Uh, Shazarn says, my beautiful dream. Regal comes out to announce blood and guts with Gargano as the fifth for the best friends. No way it happens, but I can dream. Look, I, I don't, I'll just say it. I don't want best friends in blood and guts. If you're going to do it, it's Elite and Paragon. I think it could be interesting with Britt and Chris involved, though, yeah. to some degree. I think it could be interesting. Yeah. Anakin saying, Britt insisting she be the one to kiss Cole, pop me. Uh, also great to get two matches 
week to week with women. Statlander and Britt had such a great match at All Out. So that compensates for getting OC and Cole again. I'm telling you, the kiss was such a good visual. In my head, I'm like, do I go with Brody King as the thumbnail? Do I go with the kiss as the thumbnail tonight? Got to get those clickety clacks. Brent Lockman says, don't stop now, Alex. Manifest all of that. Well, we're going to manifest. currently manifesting. We're going to manifest something out of Alex right now because Boris wants to talk about Pac being a wrestler by day <laughs> and crime solver at night. Pac is Daredevil now. I've never been so happy. Like, he's one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. And when he got the mist in both eyes, I was like, please have him come back and be actually blind and then be able to fight while blind. And it looks kind of like that might be what we eventually yeah. get. That that video package was so good. The ones he did back in the height of the pandemic where he couldn't get out of England, like those things were so weird and like like the, uh, edited so cool. This feels like a return to that. And I loved those. But him just, just fiddling with uh, a, a Justice tarot card with the eyes of Justice manually scratched out by himself. Ah, God, I need so much of that. And here's the thing. I love that he says my vision for the first time is is never been more clear. Like this could be fighting the House of Black, but it could be joining the House of Black. He never actually specifically says in that thing. I love that they leave it, leave it open for us. But yeah, I would love to see him go out and do some vigilante justice in the streets of Hell's Kitchen. That'd be fun too. Oh boy. Um, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> so... The way that we do our super chats is our moderator, Luis, does a great job. Luis Plito does a great job. He puts them in the back end to buy segments. And <laughs> I'm so immature because the segment says amazing Wardlow package. And I just want to say. <laughs> and I just want to say that if you would like your package <laughs> to look as amazing as possible, check out our friends at manscaped.com oh manscaped you know the drill you don't want to look like an AEW main eventer and by that i mean just gore and blood and all kinds of mess everywhere manscaped prevents that give yourself an amazing wardlow-esque package here if you're looking to throw you know five six seven power bombs down you know you you want to be at peak performance. You want you want to be aerodynamic when you're throwing those, if you know what I'm saying, because that that does help out performance. And uh, Manscaped has you covered, and so does that code Fightful. Twenty percent off plus free shipping at Manscaped.com. Don't go for the DQ. Don't go. There's no honor in that. Don't settle for the count out. Get rid of those dirty, disgusting pubes. Thanks to their fourth generation trimmer and their advanced skin safe technology it's even waterproof so if you have to go outside the ring to do your business manscaped is good on all kinds of terrain and it shapes your terrain as well but not just that they've got all kinds of formulations they got a body wash with aloe vera and sea salt to make your skin feel nice clean moisturized you'll be a brand new man they got ball toner even they got crop reviver they got crop mops. They've even got stuff for your feet if you want it. Ah, advanced skin safe technology is going to make sure that you reduce those grooming accidents. And that lawnmower 4.0 is legendary. 20% off plus free shipping when you use the code FIGHTFUL at manscaped.com. 
Check them out, my friends. Oh, boy. This Wardlow Punk match. Oh, boy. I, I loved it. I freaking loved it, guys. I thought this was awesome. I thought they made Wardlow look incredible. And I know that a lot of people didn't like the finish, but I'm going to put it over here in a moment. But Wardlow is like, two power bombs? Give me eight. I'm not driving. And then, <laughs> and there we go. Eight power bombs, including one through the table outside. Holy cow. This was an ass whipping of epic proportions. And what I loved about this is this very much implied, didn't imply, it said, if, if MJF was nowhere near this, Wardlow would have mopped the floor with CM Punk. Better, not better, as good as those manscaped.com code <laughs> Fightful Crop Mops. Mowed him down like a Manscaped pube trimmer, code Fightful. And it wasn't even close. Wasn't even close. Now, a lot of people were comparing the small package finish to like every other run-of-the-mill roll-up. And boy, let me tell you, do I hate roll-up finishers. Do I hate the schoolboy roll-up, which is what I define as a roll-up. Some wrestlers were talking to me. They're like, well, I call it any kind of roll-up. Who, who gives a damn about that at this point? The schoolboy roll-up sucks ass because so often there's no weight on the hips. There's no weight on the shoulders. You guys have heard me talk about it a million times. The small package, popularly known as an inside cradle to some, uh, it has been a great pin for a long time. I watched Bret Hart pin Diesel with that pin. And it looked amazing. And it's legitimately a good pin. You got your arm around the neck. You've clenched your hands. Your leg is cradling their leg. You've got their other one. It's hard to kick out of. It's just a good pin. For some reason, a lot of wrestling fans have been conditioned to think that every pin like that whether it be a victory roll, whether it be an Okada roll, an Okada roll, or or uh, any anything, the prawn hold is the same as a lazy, oh, well, I'm going to roll you up from behind, inside your thigh, hold some tights, and barely lean. Like, it's just a good pin. Sometimes good pins pin good wrestlers. You see it all the time. This, I thought, was a good pin, but I'm open to hear hearing some other things. Dane, the man saying the surprise roll-up, the most devastating move. I just don't think that's fair. If we had seen more small packages over the years, as opposed to those lazy roll-ups, boy, I'd be with you. Um, and we got people saying Wardlow took no damage. That's why. That's where a good pin comes into play. A good pin from a more experienced wrestler. I think that's, Alex, to me, think? that's that's the key. I honestly, I don't know, but I would assume Wardlow's never been small packaged before. Yeah. Like, he, he ain't he, training that an awful lot. Right. Like, that's a thing that he hasn't been, like, especially out of nowhere, when when the, he thought the man he was fighting was clinically dead. Yes. Like, it was, a, it was literally a surprise, and he has no experience kicking out of that kind of pinning combination. It's a different kind of thing. In the moment, he was like, what the hell is happening to my body, basically? like, And I totally believe, like, it's things like when Cesaro gets small packaged. I'm like, that yeah. guy knows how to kick out of that. Wardlow, I feel like his inexperience is his one weakness. Because he, he mopped the floor 
with with Punk in this match. And Punk is still being touted. He's the, he's the guy again. This is the thing that I think has has been consistent through the entire time that Punk has been in AEW. He's not the same guy anymore. And it's fine that he's not. He took 7 years off and he's much older now. He's not the same guy anymore if he struggles to beat Lee Moriarty. Like he's got a he's in there with a dude like Wardlow who's built like he's built out of granite. Like he's got to have different things to take him out that he doesn't have anymore. And him still by the skin of his teeth getting out of these things, eventually he's gonna have to blatantly cheat to do it. I thought tonight when the ref was was busy with MJF on the apron that we were gonna see a a, a desperation low blow to to Wardlow, and we'd all forgive Punk because he was just trying to survive. But we won't forgive when he does something like that to somebody we love. And I think that's the eventual story here for Punk. Eloquent says, LOL, everyone MJF feuds with has to go through the labors. Uh, Well, yeah, uh, after that match, he said, fine, you're getting the match you want. Sean Spears versus CM Punk, which is funny. Robert, I do think it's important. The next time Wardlow has a match that isn't a squash, the person has to try to small package him and he has to kick out at one. Yeah. Like I he, just he went and trained that move afterwards. I hope that we see that match and it's not somebody on darker, dark elevation that maybe not everybody's watching. I hope that whenever that happens, you see it, but you hit the nail on the head, Sean, Red Hart and diesel, because I watch this with my buddy every week. And I said, this is what they're going to do. He's eventually going to pass out. And Wardlow's going to pick him up and he's going to small package him. Because I knew Bret Hart and Diesel was coming. Because CM Punk loves Bret Hart. I don't blame him. This was perfect. This was a well-told story. And MJF is eventually going to face the wrath of Wardlow. And that's not going to be pretty. And again, I am I am an absolute dork about a good pin. I just love a good pin. Like a ghetto clutch, a delphin clutch, crucifix, all that stuff. There, there are so many of these that should be conditioned to make you think anybody could get pinned with one of these at any given time. That way you don't eventually see it as a lazy thing. That way it's not like how it became in pro wrestling for so long where it's like, Meh, I'm going to lightly roll you over and not, and not only that, the person on the back without their shoulders covered just laying there mm. instead of doing this or this. Ooh, it's so annoying. And I'm glad that they are conditioning the audience to um, be more into pins. Uh, We've got a bunch of super chats about a lot of different stuff, but we're going to get into these about Wardlow first. Dana Holland says, local legend says Wardlow is still powerbombing punk. I just love that his finish is like a shit ton of powerbombs. It's it's awesome. And that's his. His finish is one power bomb. Yes, he decides okay. to keep going, but he he could pin after the first, and nobody would get up. I also like that that's becoming a finish too, because when yeah. I was growing up, like if somebody got power bombed for a while, that was it. Then like ninety seven hit, and then everybody was doing them. Uh, Orion Ben six 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 says power bomb symphony leads to the turn. Didn't see that coming, guys. Oh, I mean that's. Of course, we all did, but that's okay as long as the story's like good. That that moment where where he's where MJF is pointing the finger in Wardlow's chest, and Wardlow just grabs the hand. Like I was like, "Are we going to get this tonight?" Because I thought they were going to wait to Cleveland when it because it's in Wardlow's hometown. But I mean, I, I'm all for just like that little bit of a tease. Like, oh, the crowd was ready to come unglued 
if Wardlow powerbombed MJF tonight. They're go- they're gonna go crazy for Wardlow when he turns on MJF. Oh boy, I love this comment. This Humper Chat from HumperChat.com from MMA Hunky, who says. I coach high school amateur wrestling, and we tell our kids if you get someone in an inside cradle, it's basically a guaranteed pin because it's so effective. Great move. God damn it, I love you, MMA hunky. I appreciate you. Like I said, a a good pin is one that is difficult to kick out of, one that pins the shoulders and makes it hard for somebody to kick out. Whenever you're hooking that that leg, that is so they can't kick their leg out and pop their shoulder, shoulder off the mat. That's why all the time you'll hear announcers say lazy cover when they don't hook the leg. And that's why so often you'll see wrestlers scoop their arm underneath the head. They'll scoop the leg. Then they'll attach their hands like this and grab the wrist. That way it reduces the ability to get that shoulder up off the mat. I could talk about that shit all day long, but I get the feeling you all don't want to hear that. So Dana Holland says, felt like Wardlow deliberately didn't kick out to passively uh, tick off MJF. It'd be an interesting approach as well. Volob says, go watch Sonata or ZSJ do O'Connor rolls. They are awesome finishes. Yes, they are. Mark Losper says, these type of finishes are okay to a company that does them extremely rarely. It's not like they do 47 distraction roll-ups per minute. Again, if they were good pins on WWE, I wouldn't have a problem with it either. And it's not a distraction pin either. It's he just got pinned. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Jay Blood says the Manscaped ball toner works. I got a six pack. Uh, you need a doctor. You don't need Manscaped. You need a doctor. Uh, Van Twin Blade says jumping into the ad pretty early, Sean. Buddy, I couldn't help it when I saw that on the back. Uh, Dilly Deals says, longtime listener, first time Humper Chat. Thank you so much. Punk versus Wardlow felt like an ode to Chael versus Silva. Would have preferred an Anaconda Vice out of nowhere, but appreciate the cradle. Love you guys. Appreciate what you do. So for those of you who don't know what that reference is, uh, Chael Sonnen was a fairly good MMA fighter who was more of a journeyman who was taking on the, the unstoppable Anderson Silva at the peak of his reign. And for four and a half rounds... Chael Sonnen beat the living shit out of Anderson Silva and just whipped his ass. And then out of nowhere, Anderson Silva popped on a triangle choke and won the fight. Uh, It was wild, wild as hell. And we have seen CM Punk and Brian Danielson uh, pay homage to Silva and Sonnen too in the past before in WWE. Bake05 says, the best powerbomb will forever be the last ride. Buddy, I love that move. I don't know how people took that move going back in time without rattling their head off the mat. But I, uh, the first time I saw biker taker do that to somebody, I stood up off the couch. I was like, what is this? This is a new form of death. That was amazing. I saw a meme last week. There was somebody in midair getting a wedgie and it said undertaker in 2000 (laughs) to everyone. I loved it. Mike preventure two says, People who think the surprise pins are bad uh, need to look up how often American Dragon win, wins with them. It's about context, and this was great. Throw throw all the WWE stuff out the window. When you're watching this show, throw those tropes out the window. What, what AEW seems to be looking to do is apply some logic to some of their things that don't have logic, which I appreciate. Chris Rain says that the match was awesome. Love the story they told in the eventual pop when Wardlow turns on MJF is going to be huge. So after this, you've got 
MJF poking at Wardlow. I got real like Cornette Yokozuna 1996 turn vibes here. And if you guys haven't seen that, go go back. You'll see exactly what I mean. Um, Yokozuna had been managed by Cornette for quite a while and it was coming to an end. And Cornette had a shiny new toy, Invader, and all that. And uh, that all unfolded. But I, I, it's going to be great. It's going to be really good, I think. Slaps 88 says the payoff is going to be good when Wardlow turns on MJF, but not as good as when the Raiders beat the Bengals this Saturday. Good luck, Sean. Uh, well, I hate to tell you, but uh, that ain't going to happen. That is not going to happen. Uh, I mean, Matthew. I mean, history says different, <laughs> but, but, you know, I, I can't think of an important time ever in which the Raiders have beaten the Bengals. Definitely not the time that led to a 30 plus year curse from Bo Jackson. <laughs> not really. <laughs> Daniel R says they should hold Wardlow MJF till revolution, right? Maybe even till double or nothing. I think you do punk and MJF at revolution, then Wardlow yeah. MJF at double or nothing. Uh, Bugs Bunny 95. Thanks for the lively discussions each week. Fightful crew. It's also great to hear what you all have to say. Haters can kick rocks. Select work the five too. I've paid a lot less attention to the haters in 2022 and my life is significantly better so thank you to all of you that that subscribe uh matthew asked if punk and faced wardlow and spears in the wrong order well what do you think robert uh, maybe because i think wardlow should be the final step if he's going to be any step but they clearly have a different story they want to tell because AEW just doesn't do this randomly everything they do is with a purpose so if punk had Wardlow first, there's an exact reason. Yeah, there's I'm waiting, I'm willing to see what the story is in the Spears match. Like if it is an immediate disqualification because Spears hits him with it with a chair and just goes to town on him because that's all MJF cares about is hurting punk. Like I, I, I get that as well. So uh we've got a super chat of MA saying I always YouTube Nunzio selling the last ride. You want to talk about a guy that knows some good oh pins, God. Nunzio. A lot of people don't know that he's a, like a shoot badass. Like he is a legit badass dude. Like he wrestled in uh, UWFI back in the day. Jay Blood says, I love how Punk sold everything Wardlow did like he was fighting Thanos, crumbling with a scream for that big clubbing blow to the back. I like that Punk wasn't throwing punches. He was throwing clotheslines. He had to give everything that he had i thought punk, that punk go ahead he knows a thing or two about making a guy look a little strong, a little so strong. i think he's the right guy to put in the ring of lord now do you like i wonder if tony went up to him and said we got to make Wardlow look strong. And Punk said, well, how about we let him win? <laughs> I think that's exactly how it happened. <laughs> Terry Allen Jr. says, is Robert excited for the 2K22 cover star? Well, Robert knows who it is, but that's embargoed. So, Yeah, and I would be. And you all should be too, because it's just been too long since we've had a wrestling game. That it has. Uh, Brett says, flying to Atlanta Sunday for Terminus, then to DC for AEW shows. Any chance AEW can compete with Gresham versus Alexander? Um, well, if we mean on Terminus, uh, well, I mean, in the ring, I mean, I think that Alexander and Gresham is going to be the best match all month, much less. I, I think it'll be better. It, it, I think it could be better than Omega or Hangman and Brian Danielson or as good. Uh, but we should have coverage of Terminus, by the way. I am so excited for that and happy that they sold out. Uh, Bako 5 says, 
crowd seemed pretty light tonight. Is that due to the COVID increase or AEW need to get newer unvisited markets? I think they should go to unvisited markets. I don't know if it, so I would look in the background and I thought those were empty seats. It was just really dark. It was just back really then. dark. Yeah. That did not do them any favors. It looked like they were doing it to like one section of fans. And yes. then in a different angle, you were like, oh, no, there are fans there. You just can't see them. Yeah. And um, I, I do think they should go to new markets. I do. I don't know why they haven't been going further into the Midwest and the West or anything like that. But, um, you know, I'm going to look into that. I'll, I'll see what I can find out. I always encourage you guys to check out the WrestleTix account. They use software to kind of pull information on that. Botlob says, Daredevil Pack, justice. <laughs> and Sawyer says that he loves how petty Tony is on commentary towards Adam Cole and his greasy hair. It's great continuity. It really is. Mark Losper says, if I'm going to believe that any wrestler could be the Daredevil, it'd be Pack. Please give me a return segment with the darkly lit hallway and Pack destroying geeks. What would be cool. great is the lights can go out and Pack can knock everybody out because he doesn't need the lights to see. Like that, that would be really cool too. WrestleTix <laughs> said it was at 66% tonight. That is down from most AEW stuff. Um, poor dude says, traded a beer to say that Inside Cradle is not a roll-up. Props to Fundamental Wrestling and SRS for becoming a double champ. So I'll quickly address this. When I went to a seminar with Billy Robinson, he complained an awful lot about that move and about calling it a roll-up. There are some in pro wrestling that do call all of those roll-ups. Fundamentally, like in amateur wrestling, catch wrestling class, that's just never what we called a roll-up. It's always been the schoolboy, which, by the way, I have never seen pin a real human in my life. But yes, I do love some fundamental wrestling. Daniel R. says, I like having Punk go uh, to Wardlow first. Hope it makes MJF feel desperate. And MJF had to pull Spears out of his ass as an opponent. Also, Gresham versus Danielson, please, AEW. Yes, that Danielson and Gresham has to happen. That match has to happen. For people asking uh, where Terminus is going to be available at, it'll be on fight. Also, Saturday, uh, Zicky Landish is out, or Zicky Dice's Outlandish Paradise. On Twitch, I am so excited about that. We got a full interview up with Zicky Dice on the site. Talks about being backstage at um, at NWA, which shocked me because last year I was in the middle of a very uh, interesting argument between Zicky Dice and Nick Aldis. That was a, a very real thing, but check out that full interview. Mark Losper says, Punk being willing to eat all the power bombs says a lot about where his current attitude is about stuff. Great to see a guy with such a name willing to go in there and help make Wardlow even more. Let's talk more about taking moves because one thing I didn't have on my bingo card tonight was Matt Hardy taking a fear factor. I, <laughs> in fact, when it almost happened on the apron, Robert, I looked at him and I said, that ain't happening. No chance. <laughs> well, as we say, Matt Hardy puts on for his city and he ate that. Holy crap. His wife was in the crowd, too. I bet his wife was like, what are you doing taking that? I'm but, surprised uh, Rebby didn't jump the guardrail with both kids. Like, <laughs> what are you doing? No. Oh, this is this is solid. It was all right. Uh, but it was to serve a greater purpose, Robert. It was okay. I can do without the five minutes of delete Sarah Miedo. I can... 
I don't know. I love know. that they referenced, like, uh, this does have a 20-minute time. Yes. Left, so. That was perfect. <laughs> that was perfect. Uh, look, I get that Matt's like, okay, cool. They're going to do the delete thing with me because we're in North Carolina. Right. And I didn't get to get that over in 2020. I get it, but I don't need it for five minutes in a match. I just don't. So, uh, <laughs> that, that I mean, the match isn't what everybody's talking about about Penta. Uh, now, and earlier in the night, we had... Uh, Jurassic Express wishing Phoenix best of luck. Dark Order set up a match for next week. That's cool. But what we eventually had was Malachi Black coming out, getting in Penta's face. The Varsity Blonde showing up. Julia Hart with her eye patch, which looks so badass. Looks so badass. And then it happens. Malachi Black turns the lights off, and we've had teases for a while. And FightfulSelect.com reported this evening that Brody King was in the building. Please subscribe to FightfulSelect.com. I can't tell you how freaking good it is. And Bako 5, you're saying, are we working on any news for the AEW game? We're always working on news. So, yes, I will keep asking. Brody King pops up, and a guy that has not been on WWE, AEW, Impact Wrestling TV ever the crowd is chanting his name. Alex, they knew exactly who he was, and they knew exactly what he was there for, and yeah. that is really good. Yeah, these, the, the AEW fans are, are really knowledgeable. Um, uh, I, people have been waiting for this like for, for a long time, um, and, and he just looks perfect. Like, it's just a perfect... He's the perfect giant sidekick for Malachi Black. Like he looked like Malachi Black created him in a lab or like in the vats at the base of Mount Doom. Like it's perfect. And and he just comes in. He's just he's just a block of of just tattooed meat, just throwing, <laughs> throwing things at people. I love it. Um, I, I can't wait to see uh, what these guys do. The House of Black is as has two members now. Um, I would not I would not be opposed to seeing this grow into like a five person thing where like black can sit on the throne on high and send people at the ring to kill people i think there could be a lot of fun stuff to do here but right now man this is a tag team that i think you could start picking up wins with and i would i would love to see some tag matches with it, these two guys it really revitalizes the division uh brent lockman says rejoice the king has arrived chris rain says brody king looking like an absolute monster kings of the black throne in aew Shot Kid 29 says, anyone else think Griff was Christopher Lloyd and Roger Rabbit and Brody King was the road roller or just me? Dan Janoff, the debut of Brody King was awesome. If only there was a site that I could have potentially heard about that coming beforehand. Well, I do want to give credit to uh, our dude Cassidy Haynes at Bodyslam.net who reported that uh, Brody King has signed. He's done some incredible work, especially over the last year. Uh, we did have on FightfulSelect.com that he was there tonight. He had done some stuff in the ring with uh, Varsity Blondes before the match. Uh, Robert, we've got Brent Lockman saying Malachi verse is so much more compelling than Cody verse. Black feels like a freaking supervillain. He does, and nobody's mentioned it, but I'll say it. Brody King looks like the Pokemon evolution of Aleister Black. Like, this dude is just huge, and he looks great. And thank God they paid off that lights off, lights on, because people were getting itchy. One thing yes. nobody's talked about, Julia Hart was like calling them off. So Zach, Zach Barber asks if she's joining House of Black. I, I think she might be because she had almost like a sixth sense about what was about to happen because she's calling them off saying, that's enough, get out of there. And they didn't listen and out came Brody King. 
this is great. Them against Sting and Darby, while we still can, I think that needs to happen. Them against just everybody on the roster. Uh, obviously, the tag champions have a very similar dynamic. Be a really cool match to see. I'm just glad he's there. I think he's deserved this for a while. And I think uh, guys like Punk want to get in there with him. And it's going to be really good to see what he does. Now we have Volob saying what happens to the rest of Violence Unlimited. I'd love to see Chris Dickinson too. Well, he's hurt right now. Uh, Tony Deppin, I don't think was ever signed. He's going to get a lot of indie dates. Uh, Homicide's going to continue to work a bunch of indie dates, especially with uh, with the Hammerstein show coming Mox up. Soon? Yes, he's supposed to face Moxley at Hammerstein. Uh <laughs> I love me some soap. says that cannonball in the corner oh was nasty. God. <laughs> I thought he was going to pop his head like a watermelon. He went in there so hard. Jeez. <laughs> uh, Matthew notes, uh, found myself confused trying to decipher the feuds in the back half. Hardy, Penta, Malachi. Why was Eddie out there again? Am I just dense? Couldn't follow who was beefing with who and why? I mean, it's understandable, especially when like for years and years and years, we've had a show or shows that are like, one person you feud with, then you get the hell off the show and you're not seeing the rest yeah. of the night. I like that they they switch it up a little bit and there's a reason. And then if somebody doesn't show up that probably should show up, you're like, well, why weren't they there? Yeah. And then they there's, can go off of that. There's a lot of the enemy of my enemy is my friend in AEW. And I don't mind it so much because it does make sense that like Penta hates uh, Malachi because of what Malachi did to Pac. And um, and uh, the Varsity Blondes hate, Pent- hate Malachi Black for for what he did to you know like that that makes sense that not like Penta and and uh, and uh, Pillman Junior are out gonna go out and have milkshakes later like they just hate the same guy like I made that makes sense to me um, uh, but I, I I agree that the I think they made too much of like Matt Hardy versus Penta like it was just Penta had an open challenge Matt Hardy answered it because he was in North Carolina. I think they kind of made too much of it beyond being an actual match, but I do love the idea of Andrade recruiting Matt Hardy and the Hardy family office to get to the bottom of just who this little kid is who works for Mr. Sting, because that's really interesting to me. We still have plenty of Super Chats and Humper Chats about this segment. Get in your Humper Chats at HumperChats.com. Get your question or statement read on the air. Sawyer says, my most fantasiest booking is Athena debuts as a member of House of Black. That is something out of left field that I think sounds really good because yeah. I think if she just pops up as Athena, we'll have a lot of the same concerns that we had about her in NXT, uh, especially as far as the identity go. And I think she could probably sink her teeth into something like this really well. And yeah. I think that working with a Brody King and a Malachi Black. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. 
would be beneficial for all of them from a lot of different perspectives. Yeah. Um, I, I think that Malachi black could provide her with some incredible, like adjustment to the, the on-screen character and persona. Brent Lockman says, while we're manifesting, I'd finish off house of black with swerve and the Briscoes for pure chaotic energy. I don't think the Briscoes will be a part of anybody's others, anybody else's act. I think, they are their act. I they think mentioned that- somebody mentioned in the chat the butcher and the blade about facing Bro- uh, King King and uh, Brody King and Malachi. I would love them to face each other, and at the end, they they are like subsumed into the House of Black. The butcher and the blade specifically look like they belong in that yeah. kind of a thing. Anyway, they'd be great as like henchmen. Shot Kid Twenty Nine says the gut feeling is Julia and Pat join the House of Black with eyes to match Malachi's. Whose own eye was different tonight? Foreshadowing? Possibly. Everybody is so self-righteous in this company and in this like world that I think Pac just comes out and beats crap out of all of them. Beats crap out of Cody, beats crap out of House of Black. I think Pac is going to be the actual blind justice in this entire so good. story. Just, just, just a completely force of chaotic good because everybody is evil in his mind. I love it. <laughs> Mark Losper says, follow up from the NXT show. Alex Malachi Black is the only spooky BS I can accept, at least until he starts throwing fireballs. Here's the thing about about Malachi, man. It's not nothing really all that spooky about it. He's just really into like death metal. Like he's and he's he's a he's an awesome like dark kickboxing king. Like that's that's awesome. It doesn't have to be like, you know, oh, I teleported or I can do I can conjure up fireballs or you see me with my face paint off and then all of a sudden you see me with my face paint on. Like it's just him being creepy, which is awesome. I don't cover uh, a lot of NXT on the podcast, but if they don't have Wendy Chu sleeping in Mei Ying's throne at some point, they're, they're, they've got to be self-aware enough to do that. I don't think they are. I wish they would. <laughs> they got Raquel Gonzalez doing video interviews in the damn thing right now. Yeah. Like that's, that's what the most use they've got out of it. Uh, but Man, uh, I love the response to this. Brent Lockman says, Kings of the Black Throne, there's license to print money. Good to see King has a better travel agent than Veer. Mm. <laughs> uh, Anakin notes, uh, when Wardlow powerbombs Spears, he needs to do it 10 times and then do the hand motion. Oh, oh my God. Man. They need to do that. That is fantastic. I love it. Eloquent says, attendance was definitely lower tonight, but even sellout shows, if you notice, they don't like the whole crowd like they used to. Wish they would. That was one of my favorite things about AEW is they let people know that people were there to watch the show. Yeah. It wasn't all dark. Like you cast a light on them. Like, look, our show is cool. People are here. It felt very drab tonight. And that's something I hope doesn't become uh, a regular. Something else I don't hope is uh, something regular. Dan Lambert's on the show. Um, you know, cut one of his, his more tolerable promos. Honestly, I thought that was the best thing that he's done. Like yes. on, on the mic, it's just is perfect. Hangman Page wants a new challenger. Dan Lambert's out there, and he's like, "Listen, you're not Blackjack Mulligan. You're not Blackjack Lanza. You're not Dick Murdoch. You're not a cowboy." And Hangman's like, uh, "Bro, yes, I am actually." <laughs> and then Lance Archer comes back, and Dan Lambert is shitting in his pants because why wouldn't he? I love that bit of continuity. I love it. But also, I love that Lance Archer, while he's in the ring, is like, yeah, you got a point. I'm going to beat up Hangman Page instead. Now, I had tweeted, 
I hope they give him some wins because the last time we saw him, he was losing in the first round of a title tournament, title contender tournament. It was brought up to me, records reset. So close as anybody. And I said, all, all he's got to do is pick up a couple wins on dark and he's, he's the top spot. That's it. And I buy it. <laughs> if that's the rule that's established, I'm cool with it. Uh, love the blackout onto the chair. Holy crap. But I got to say, the most devastating move was Hangman Page calling Dan Lambert a walking Facebook profile photo. Robert, that was... You That's can't money. Recover, That's, somebody can't needs to make that, that t-shirt. That is money. Uh, Dan Lambert is groan-inducing. Dan Lambert is a lot of things. In this case, you guys are right. This was very tolerable because he didn't have to resort to anything really cheap. But I don't like the idea of, hey, we're going to use Archer again to get this champion over because they've done it too much. I, I, I do think that this is the this is the best use for that particular thing. Like Hangman needs a, a, a big victory quickly over over an intimidating um, uh, uh, counterpart. Like I, I was like, gosh, I don't want it to be Miro if he's healthy because I don't want Miro to lose. Archer's perfect. Archer's just the perfect guy to put in front of of Hangman, make Hangman look like he's got to play underdog. He's able to beat him, and he can move through to the next big-time feud heading into something else. I think that they can do this and, and make it look well because I don't know how long Hangman Page's reign is going to be. It may be really long, but it may be a shorter one. And if so, you got to give him one that's like that he just comes out looking like the guy. Yeah. So in, in the last year and a half, we've had Cody beating Archer for the TNT title. We've had Archer losing to Moxley in an AEW title match. Um, we've had him come up short in the, the ladder match uh, as well. And, you know, any number of top contender matches. He lost to Miro for the TNT title. He lost in the, the Eliminator tournament. So I, I do get if some people have a little bit of fatigue about him being in that. I do think it was very, very important last year that AEW had Lance Archer beat John Moxley for that U.S. title, the, the IWGP U.S. title, and then him defend it on that show. I thought that was very important because at some point it would be Boy Who Cries Wolf with him in that in any title picture. Um, I and we don't think that he's going to win this world title, but you know what? Tell us a story, give us a reason, and uh, I'm I'm game for it. And also, great to see Lance Archer back. Just yes. great after after. Gosh, that was just scary injury, man. I I, yes, I thought he was dead. It was it was horrifying, man. Yeah. It was so scary. Oh man, Brent Lockman says, "Love that Hangman was out there looking for a challenger, not waiting like all champions have before him." Me too. He wants to fight. He said, 90 minutes isn't enough. I want more." Mm -hmm. Loved it. Nerd Drew well, says, I, "I do want to bring this up though. You mentioned the rankings." Scorpio is ranked. He's like in the top five. Mm -hmm. Lambert's there, so why isn't this leading towards that? Uh, like, why would Scorpio I think it, there? Well, I would like Lambert to like say, yes, it was supposed to be. That's that's what I was doing, and I wouldn't even mind if Lambert kind of ditched them for Archer, because I mean we don't know if if Roberts will be back anytime soon, I and mean, or they ditch. Lambert as well because Archer could use Lambert a lot more. 
Yeah, I mean, they certainly don't need him. We keep saying that. They can talk for themselves. I mean, he, if 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 Jake can't be around, Lambert's a, Lambert's a guy who could manage, quote-unquote, manage Archer. Robert says, do you think there's a chance of a Crockett Cup tourney with Mr. Crockett around? Yeah, I think that sounds like a great idea. I, I think really the do. NWA has that, like, I think that's theirs, trademark yeah. on lock, but David Crockett is there a lot, and I wouldn't be opposed to it. I think they could, I think they'll do some sort of tag team tournament even if it's not the Crockett cup. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's a real possibility. Honestly, they should. Mark Losper says, Joel Pearl said in this chat that wrestle ticks tweeted, there were only 700 tickets left out of 5,500 seemed like a good gate. The Mike was just, or the crowd was mic'd horribly. I'd like to see some, um, some venue shots. Anakin says Scorpio isn't ranked currently. Well, well he was yeah, last week. Well, yeah, is he now? Check, please check it now uh, if anybody can. Uh, also, uh, WrestleTix goes based on tickets distributed. So if there are ones that the company gives out as comps, then they end up getting counted as well. And a lot of times those comps are provided, I don't know about with AEW, but with other companies, to businesses or any number of things when tickets aren't moving. And people sometimes show up and sometimes don't. Nerd Guru says, missed Dynamite tonight, but love the Brody King debut. DMD Elite is pretty dope, but man, this crowd should be ashamed of themselves. It was very quiet, and um, let's let's talk about how quiet it was during acclaimed and bear country. Man, you could hear a pin drop here. Um, until the end of this match, when Sting showed up and Darby showed up, all due respect to both of these teams, I was like, why? This is an AEW dark match. At best, an AEW rampage match. Uh, a claim to win. I could have, I could have just went without the match. Pablo says, would Sting winning the tag titles uh, be a lovely last hurrah or an unnecessary nostalgia title win like Brett winning the U.S. title? Well, personally, I think it'd be a, a fine bit of both. I think it'd be a fine nostalgia last hurrah because Sting is out there doing everything. He's looking good while he's doing it, and that's really all I can ask for. But uh, Alex, what do you think about this this match? Uh, well, for one, uh, never seen a double end of days before. That was impressive. That was impressive yeah. as hell. That dude's a big old strong boy. Oh um, yeah. Uh, and only beef sons of bitch right there. Uh, I, I don't see Max Caster's elbow drop enough. Maybe <laughs> I don't watch enough dark or elevation, but I think it's a really good looking elbow drop from the top rope. Like really solid. Um, uh, and that, that's always going to pop me up. I'll, I'll always pop for a really good elbow drop from the top rope. Uh, going back to macho man, that's going to be a thing for me. Um, uh, yeah, this didn't seem like it needed to be on the show and yet I was entertained by it. But I, I, again, if it was on dark and I was watching that, I'd be like, yeah, cool match. But it didn't feel like it was there except for the fact that they wanted to get to Darby and Sting versus the acclaimed is a thing they want to do. Which the other thing I love about AEW is that Darby and Sting is a thing they're doing with the acclaimed. Also. Um, Andrade Alidolo is out here trying to trying to start something up with Darby and Mr. Sting. Um, and I think it's kind of cool that people can be feuding with two separate groups at the same time because you'd never know what, what what's gonna come out of that. And I think that's kind of interesting. Look, Robert, I don't think we need matches like this unless you're gonna establish the precedent of you can have this match every now and again, and this is your excuse to get more than one woman's match on the show. Because then I'd be fine with it. But we're yeah. saying too often on these shows that, 
oh, well, this might have happened on dark or elevation. They need to start carving out five minutes on each dynamite to say, here's what happened on dark, here's what happened on elevation. Now you're a little caught up. That would help so much. As far as Sting winning the tag titles, yeah, I'll get to my veins. They need to have like a jungle <laughs> cinematic match with Jurassic Express at the pay-per-view, and I'd be all for it. I still remember how excited they were to stress, this is not a cinematic match. We repeat with Sting. This is not a cinematic match. I will never forget that. Uh, Eloquence says, why isn't CM Punk ranked? Uh, did they switch up? Do they reset at the end of the year too? the rankings? Or do those they carry definitely over? reset at the end of the year. And I know like Cole is number one now. Now the Brian's uh, out of the way. Cole's number one. Honestly, I don't pay attention to the rankings at all. I pay attention to who wins and loses, though. Uh, I love me some Sova says Cole, Hobbs, Dante, Wardlow, Garcia. Hey, that, those are pretty solid rankings, well, too. Well, Wardlow's not going to stay on that. Nope. So maybe maybe they'll they'll switch somebody, switch somebody up. Uh, Hobbs is going to drop. Garcia's going to drop. Dante's probably going to pop up to number two. But damn, we might see Hangman Page and Dante. That could be a lot <laughs> of fun. Uh, good luck taking that, that, uh, buckshot lariat, buddy. Van Twinblade says, here's five more to get Alex a space heater. It's going to suck up there. This I have one. It's just too loud to run during the show. Oh man. Mike Lima says, what if Archer, uh, defuse with men of the year after losing the hangman, Archer doesn't care who he kills because everybody dies. That sounds like a blast to me. That's cool too. Irene, uh, notes battle of the belts had surprisingly strong ratings. Any chance rampage moves to Saturday and expands to two hours would help with the large roster. I hope it doesn't expand to two hours. I hope not. If so, they if so, they probably got to get like cut a lot from dark and elevation. I, I would say that moving to Saturday seems like a good idea, considering Sa- like how cra- like much higher those ratings were on for that Battle of the Belts than they were for for any any kind of rampage. Saturday at six seems I like mean- good because. What they yeah. what they drew for movies in that time slot, as Jimmy put out, is more than what Rampage drew. And how have they not done Saturday at six oh five yet? Like that seems like Cody's knocking on Tony's door every day. We're doing it yet? We're doing it yet? But like I I know that they generally start things at six anyway. I don't care. Make the first five minutes a like a pre-show, like a five-minute Tony Schiavone just sitting there with a microphone telling you what's going to go on, and then say the show has started. At well, that's where you could show us what happened on Dark and Elevation during well, those five go. minutes. You know, but there's two factors here. One, it was live, and two, it wasn't at 10 p.m. I think anything at eight. Seven, six, doesn't matter. But 10 p.m. on a Friday night is just not a great slot. Yep. Brett says, with DC Rampage being live, do you think they'll do a pre-show on YouTube like Miami? What match would you put on it? When is the DC Rampage? Should be next week. Next week? Ooh, that's interesting. Um, I think if for live rampages, you got to put something good on it. Man, I was at that one in Minnesota, and it made me decide that I never needed to go to another pre-pay-per-view rampage again. Uh, I think they could probably chop about 30, 35 minutes off their pay-per-view, pay-per-views that are really long, and put some of that important stuff on rampage. So, uh, just Friday, I think it's just such a dead slot. It's just such a dead time, and there's not a lot of, of buzz on that, but... If they're doing more Saturday stuff, I think that does have a bit of a buzz. It feels more like a fight night on Saturdays. 
Mark Losper says, pretty sure Casper said, we have a shot like Novak Djokovic, which is an Australian watching somewhat of an international incident over his vaccination, vaccination status was something. That certainly was something. Uh, Mike Preventure, too, says, expand to two hours and dedicate that extra 60 minutes of content spread out over both shows to additional women's matches and segments. Cool. Sounds like you guys want Alex reviewing AEW on Saturdays because I'm not. <laughs> that much I tell you. Oh, Dante Martin defeats Powerhouse Hobbs. Pablo Amaya says, it's 2027. Dante Martin is AEW champion. Taz is still on commentary. His lawyers are still looking into that contract. Manifest it, universe. My favorite part of this, Alex, was JR saying, like, you still got people looking into it. What's going on? Taz goes, I don't have a good legal team. <laughs> That's what you're doing? Really? Like, you did this. I, I was so excited for this intrigue of Dante signing with Team Taz and, like, right in front of Leo, who seemed genuinely shocked by it. And they, you got one match with, with, with him and Starks and Hobbs together in a trios match on Dark. And then Dante swerved them. They only ever showed Leo and Dante together talking about it on an episode of Dark or, or Road 2 or something. They never showed it on television. And now you got Taz trying to like somehow keep the storyline afloat by saying, we're still looking into how he might have gotten out of that contract. And like, it doesn't. Like you, you gotta figure out if you're gonna do the storyline, like do it, and 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 go for it. Like that's not a great way to do this whole thing. Also, I will say I think this match suffered by its placement on the card right after Punk versus Wardlow. You do, you do Dante versus Hobbs. It's the same basic um, uh, story that you have to tell. You have the you have the giant guy and the guy funding from underneath. Mark Losper says, I really don't want to think this, but unfortunately I do. I hope Leo isn't being punished for him publicly calling out TK because Jay Lethal re rescuing Dante makes no sense whatsoever. Ooh. I agree. And um, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I've got an interview with Leo this week and part of it couldn't run, but hmm. he, he gave a, a very great answer to everything. And he was incredibly level-headed and all that and i hope not because leo in the ring and on the mic and as far as delivery i think is a special special talent and i've always yeah. believed that so i hope not but the jay lethal thing robert didn't make any sense to me how did you feel about that yeah, well, by, by the way no dante sense. got the win with a beautiful moonsault yes and dante i had a little bit of a problem with the way that this match was laid out because dante's very athletic and I think he was trying to Kurt Henning his way through this. And he was just literally launching himself all over the place. But it'll take some time, but he'll get the art form of it down. But the Jay Leo thing makes no sense. Look, I saw the tweets that Leo put about TK. But honestly, they seemed so positive at the end of it. And we've seen Leo have a negative at the end of certain situations yeah. with some companies. This wasn't that. So I'm hoping it's not the case. And that maybe they're just playing it safe because he's got dates. With, we got somebody uh, saying that Leo asked for time off due to the rise right. in COVID cases and having a young family. I mean, he's working New Japan, Seattle this Saturday. Yeah, he's working. He's doing, GC, he's doing other stuff. Working GCW dates. He yeah. was. I mean, he he. I don't think he's wrestled since Defy. But I mean, I don't. I don't know if I haven't heard that specifically. Right. I don't know if it was reported somewhere. 
Uh, Zach says, I know this is unrelated to any word on Asuka. Buddy, I better believe me. I will report it as soon as I can get yeah. it. Um, I'll, I, I, I'll... I, yeah, it, 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 not only did it, did it feel like Jay Lethal coming down to save Dante seemed like it was out of, out of left field, but Dante getting literally passed around from, from, from rescue mission to rescue mission to get this guy, like it doesn't, and, and Dante falling in with the wrong crowd again like let's just not do any of like just dante go I, I can't wait for his brother to come back so we can just get some great top flight matches yeah. and all of this intrigue with dante now has become really convoluted like let's just get some top flight matches out of the whole thing darius back whenever you can buddy what's gonna happen is dante the lucha bros and the butcher and the blade are gonna start like a new faction called the shelter because they just keep going from different like foster on the foster home. And the, they're just going to end up forming a foster family together. Brendan says, everybody wants to be involved in Dante makes sense. Why lethal would want a part of that. That would make sense to me too. A as a part of this ongoing, every single person wants the team with Dante thing. Um, because I mean, we see Matt Seidel still being used in storylines. Team Taz wanted him. Leo wanted him. But ultimately, blood is thicker than water. But you got to keep Leo tied to this. I think Leo is so goddamn good. Axel says, Sting busting the acclaimed boombox popped my partner so hard. So many giggles. Hi, Elise. And that was so awesome. So perfect. Really mm -hmm. dug it. We had a Layla, Chris, and Velvet interview. And the, there's some stuffs going on here, Alex. Sawyer says, I'm glad AEW is trying to teach me that Statlander and Hirsch are friends on Dark. But that interview segment... Woof. What you yeah, think? did not did not go over well. Um, <laughs> it it also really um I don't know, it just it it felt so much like a like a um like a, a beginning acting class that I used to teach where like let's the three of us will stand in a line and then I will turn to you and I will say my line and I will turn to you and I will say my line and the person will go, Hey now, hey now, guys, we should just focus. And it was just it just there was no there was no actual human contact. It was just people saying words. And I feel like there's got to be both, especially WWE, but, but AW as well, just need to employ an acting coach who's there to like teach them. Okay. Like these, this is how we're, we're like, let's run over this. Let's figure out how we're going to say this thing. Because sometimes people don't have that kind of experience. I don't expect them to, but it can be difficult to like get across things without sounding robotic. I know Listen, she's still I, not I a part of the show anymore, but I think that would have been a good thing for to have Awesome Kong around for because she's mm -hmm. got actual acting experience yeah. now, yeah. and she kind of could have helped with that. And I understand what you're saying, and they do need to get better. I do think the reps will help them with that. But compared to the garbage that I had to watch between Nikki and Rhea on Monday, this was Citizen Kane. Like, this did not bother me in any way in terms of their acting. Yeah, it was a bit wooden, but I wouldn't expect any less. Let me let me ask you, Robert. Who was right and who was wrong between Nikki and Rhea? There's only one good answer here, Robert. They were both wrong for standing there and allowing that to happen. <sighs> what the hell's wrong with you? I don't know, man. I don't know. What the hell's wrong with you? Rhea was trying to be mature real was, was she was doing friend. everything she could alex i'm with you with everything she could man almost superheroes don't need any friends so after that argument what, what do you got 
she kissed her on the head even she, she went, was she was being she, very sweet she was she was very much like shut the fuck up like like one of those like trying oh man nerdgury says that didn't sound human before <laughs> i mean that is true that is true oh boy some stupid punk says, "Oi, legends can't watch live because I get to watch uh, because I get to watch Dynamite now." So excited! Sorry, I missed the episode with Jimmy Van earlier. This is mostly for Alex, but SRS, have you heard? Kalex <laughs> wants another show. How much does Mark need to give another show? What other show could you all possibly want? We want to do a wrestling rumors show where we're where we're just we're just we're just uh, just shooting the breeze. Listen, that sounds like something that could actually drive some. <laughs> subscriptions so i'd consider it <laughs> if it could but like eventually i'm gonna get these invoice reports back and i'm gonna be like at what point did i commit to all of these i don't know well, uh, well, well i'll have my team my legal team contact your legal team <laughs> brendan says well i don't have a good legal team just so you know i've got tazes yeah, but fortunately yeah. it's it's better than than drake wurtz's and, and matt riddles oh, who shared oh, the same oh, guy brendan said uh, I'm just glad that AEW is doing something with Layla Hurst. She's awesome in the ring. She is awesome in the ring. She's incredible. Uh, Marco says, who is the better concept of friendship, Andrade or Denise? Andrade, by far. Because uh, you know what? I can be bought as a friend. Absolutely. <laughs> but I would not sit there and deal with that <laughs> malarkey that uh, Nikki was dealing with. Not, not at all. Not at all. It's just ridiculous. Mark Losper says, I know who was wrong during that Rhea and Nikki segment. Vince for putting it on TV. <laughs> that too. Yeah, no. FTR, Lee Johnson, Brock and Glock. Um, this makes all the sense in the world to me, doing Lee Johnson against Brock Anderson and Dax Harwood saying, how about facing the guy that your dad wishes was his son? Alex, I know this had to had to be great for you. Oh, this is so good. <laughs> <laughs> I just love, just love FDR just coming out right out and saying it right in front of Brock too. And it was oh, it was so good. And I, I like it's, it's it's we're in horseman country, and then Tully walks up and like, why don't you just why don't you ditch the, the dead weight and come over and be with us? That's that's where it's that's where it's the that's where it's at. Oh God, I I thought this was just beautiful and i i and the thing is is that this is i mean ftr and the briscoes are doing so much work to set up this thing on twitter i just i can't wait for whenever the briscoes decide to show up and i think it would be a perfect time to do it at the end of this match where they beat the crap out of brock anderson <laughs> robert this this was just simple easy and this is right up my alley anything that has to do with arn and tully being in the same room at the same time doing the same thing this is why I'm watching because these guys are so good. They were kept off of TV for years. And Tully's case is like 20, 30 years with no Tully Blanchard on TV. And Arn, Dax Harwood looking at Arn and saying, see you next week, Dad, might be the greatest thing he's ever said. This is simple. This is easy. Eventually, we've got to get Arn and Tully on the same page. I don't know when they're going to pull the trigger. A handshake. Mm. Jade Cargill had a video package, but then we led to Sheeta Deeb 4. 
Uh, Sheeta makes her way out to the ring, and Deeb just beats her ass with a kendo stick before the match. Completely aggressive. You had to see it. I mean, listen, I I didn't really want another Sheeta Deeb match. I'll give AEW credit in that if they do rematches over and over again, they give you a reason. This reason, as Mark Losper points out, says, "Do you know if Sheeta was written off TV? Because it looks like she was. That would make a lot of sense to me. I've heard mm-hmm. she has a project coming up in Japan." I don't know, though. I have asked, and even uh, top people there aren't that sure, but it would make an awful lot of sense. Um, Robert, I loved uh, Serena Deeb's aggression here. She just was, first off, she was jacked. (laughs) Jacked. Look, if you're going to do a fourth match, that's how you do it. You don't wait to get in the ring. You attack before the entrance. You attack the leg. You have the baby face, just too proud to give it up and then fight from underneath until the referee just has to call it. Uh, the Tequila Sunrise is a beautiful submission hold. Deeb needs to win that TBS title. It's a shame it's on somebody who cannot lose right now because it needs to be with Deeb. And I hope that Sheeta is written off and I hope that when she comes back, Deeb does have a title and Sheeta just rips it away from her in a violent, vengeful attack. Trey says, at what point does the lack of women matches become a serious issue for AEW? Will it impact their ability to recruit females? Eventually, yeah, but as of now, I don't think it will. But if it doesn't change soon, I do think so. I um, I don't I don't know if it I don't know. I I can't I I think that's gotta be on an individual basis uh for the for the women who are who might be coming in. I will say this was the match I was most excited about coming into tonight. Um, uh, Cause I loved, I loved their matches before. I think, I think Serena Deeb is the best heel male or female in wrestling. Cause she is just so vicious and she's so great at it. But at no point do I root for her because I love, I, Oh man, like Adam Cole's so much fun. I know he's a heel, but I just love watching him wrestle. Like I love watching Serena Deeb wrestle because I can appreciate the artistry that she works with, but also she's awful. She's an asshole. Yeah. Like that. So like that kind of, like she's a, she's, she is, she gets bully Ray heat. Like that's what Serena Deeb does. And I think she's great. And I love Sheeta as well. So them basically doing a non-match, like, like the attack beforehand. And then Sheeta basically having to fight through a, a destroyed knee until the ref stopped it. Not Sheeta tapped out. To me, this isn't even a real match. So and that was the only women's match on the card. I don't miss one, right? That was it. Like you, you got to figure out a way. Like there's no reason to do the acclaimed and bear country when you could have had some other women's match. Like like Jade's gonna need a a a, 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 a title contender. Have two top women have a match, and whoever wins that faces Jade next week on. Like do that instead of the 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 bear country and acclaimed match. If this is the only women's match on the card. And you're not actually going to do a real match with it, that that makes it look even worse. Joey says, "I wish they'd use this as a way to bring back white suit Cheetah. She was full mob boss, ordering hit after hit on Deeb. You'd have to to make Deeb a baby face by then for that to work, I think. But I would love an aggressive Cheetah to come back and be like full on, like, yeah, I'm going to screw you up. Uh, I love me some Sova says Serena Deeb about to run through that entire women's division." in route to the AEW women's championship. Uh, I feel like there was 
a super or a, a humper chat missed about her needing to win the the Owen, which I think would be great. But yeah. Christopher says, can't wait for Deeb to murder Sky Blue next week. That w- should be a massacre. It should be the way that it, after this, it should be a massacre. R26 says the sheet of deep booking and match length made sense for the circumstances, but that being the only women's match is beating a dead horse at this point. It's been over two years and we're still doing this minimalist crap with the division. You know what though? I, they have made significant improvements. I'm not going to sit here and say that I love everything about it, but they do yeah. have more than one title. They do main event with regularity. Granted, it's Jade, always- Jade vignette backstage interview, Britt Baker in the opening segment. Like, it's not like this is the only thing on the show. It's the only thing strictly pertaining to the women's division in ring, and that is an issue, but I think they will grow over time. Yes, and I I would like to see a show with more than one women's match on it, or several shows. Josh says, Deeb, the gatekeeper for the women's division, please. Oh, I think she should be well above that. I think she should be well above that. Guys, get in your Super Chats and your Humper Chats, humperchats.com. We would greatly appreciate it. We're heading down the home stretch. We got Van Twinblade says, oh, oh, wait, by the way, before we get into that, I feel like Sting saw Chris Jericho paint his hair up and was like, you know what? Let me, let me just run that black all the way around my face paint. Shout out, buddy. I got the old widow's peak. I ain't losing my hair, but I got the widow's peak. Mm -hmm. Well, smart, smart, buddy. Oh, Van Twinblade says, come on, Jericho. Hurry up and go pure shithead heel. So Santana and Ortiz can reform LAX with Eddie and Diamante. Well, that sounds awesome. That would be and great. Jericho discovered on this night that he's a bit of a dick. He's a bit of a dick because the inner circle just kind of walk away from everybody. And uh, Jericho ends by saying, GFY. Jesus Christ. To I... which my um, far too innocent significant other says what does what does that mean good for you (laughs) (laughs) good for you buddy good for you good for you good for you and uh, which i said not quite (laughs) not quite uh dan janoff says that jericho segment uh improved once eddie got involved but i'm annoyed that jericho tends to overshadow everyone else in the inner circle well, I'm hopeful that they are also tired of that I as hope, well. I hope so. That, Alex, what do you think? By the way, PWI voters, how are you voting the Inner Circle Faction of the Year? I mean, even if you like them, they haven't really been a faction since Stadium Stampede. I don't when they should have broken up, but they've split out in all those different directions. I don't think I'd have them top five in the company they're I, in. Like, it's ridiculous. Anyway, um, uh, Jericho does seem to be like, no. Hey, Eddie Kingston, you butt out. This is our thing. We're the best. We're all of us are best friends. Like, even if even if Jericho uh, is an asshole, he doesn't think he's the asshole. That's the whole point, I suppose. Um, uh, but also, uh, nobody seems like it doesn't seem like Santana Ortiz were, were backing Eddie Kingston either. They just want the whole thing to go away. Um, yeah, which, which I like. Maybe it's time that the whole thing just goes away. You know, maybe yeah. we don't need to be arguing over who is better friends to Santana and Ortiz. Maybe Santana and Ortiz just need to win belts. I don't care if it's Jericho that stopped them. I just kind of want to see them do it. Now. I mean, Eddie, Eddie Kingston is right. He's absolutely right when he says, do you know why you're not tag team champs? Because you've been messing around with this guy for the entire time you've been in, in, in AEW, which is unequivocally true. 
And and yet, like, I think he's supposed to be looked at as the a-hole for saying it out loud when, no, he's just speaking truths. That's all Eddie Kingston does is speak only truths. Uh, Kyrick says, just finish the show. Now going to go back and watch your review is a good one. Well, thank you for supporting us with that Humper chat. Again, guys, we're at the main event. So head on over and leave some. Daniel Garcia, Sammy Guevara, TNT title. Daniel Garcia is quickly becoming my yeah. favorite worker, He's period. So He's so good. Alicia says, am I the only one who is really rooting for DG to win? No, I wish, I, I kind of wish, not kind of, I wish they would have done it. I wish they would have done it with Jericho out there. And maybe Jericho does one little thing. One little thing. I don't want it to be a full-on distraction, but enough for Sammy to go, man, what the hell? And Daniel Garcia wins because I think that would be very cool because lately, Daniel Garcia has been picking up those wins. Like, of late, they've made it very clear, like, no, no. He's he's going to be the he's gonna be a guy for us. Uh, Chris Raines points out how Garcia bends back on that sharpshooter. Yep. Ooh, that is good Ooh, technique. So good, yeah. Good technique. Uh, Robert, how'd you feel about this and the interaction after this match, which Sammy did win? I love the match. I think DG should be the champion. I know Cody's coming back next week, which is great for this, so they can get it over with because we're going to get another Cody-Sammy match. Yeah. But I think DG should be the champion. He needs to be the FTW champion or something. They need to create a belt just for him to have open challenges and beat the crap out of people. He needs to get some consistent wins that matter because I think he's winning on other shows. But as we've said multiple times, we're not seeing all of that. And Buddy, I can't wait for Hook versus Daniel Garcia one day. Right. That's what oh, I'm boy. ready to get to. And the match itself was fine. Like, Sammy's great, you know. My favorite move in the match was that sharpshooter because he bent back into almost like an Indian deathlock kind of yeah. move uh, forming out of that. The GTH is great. Uh, Dustin kicked out of that. I don't know why, you know, spry young Daniel Garcia could not, but, you know, it is yeah. what it is. Uh, interaction afterwards, too much. I don't care where this Jericho and Kingston thing is going. I think that's worth saying. I don't care where it's going. Kingston needs some wins. Jericho needs to get into a feud where he won't feel like the old guy sucking the fun out of everything because he, he's not usually that. I think he should be the young or the old guy sucking fun out of everything. I think that should be his run. Is like he should I, do that on purpose. Yeah, I but recognize, you're saying he should be a heel doing that. Yes, yeah, as, yes. As opposed to like, like unintentionally, like he thinks he thinks he is the fun. Jericho is injecting fun into things, but he's yeah. Really, Jericho sees Sammy as the guy in the inner circle. And then he looks across the ring and he's like, that Daniel Garcia, he wasn't here a year ago, much less two years ago when I was running things. And he wants like a very much a my spot kind of guy. Cause I think that really, really works here because even when it comes to the, the older guys, he's not the top one anymore. Raul Ortega says he's happy to see two uh, young Latino main event dynamite wins last time that happened. Uh, Luis, thank you to Luis. Our moderator says Penta Phoenix for the AW Championship Tournament in 2019. If his calculations are correct, big thank you to Luis. Uh, please give him a follow, guys. And uh, Showoff says main event fantasy booking brawl between 2.0 Eddie and Chris. Y2J accidentally cost Guevara the title, and then Eddie could say that now not only because of Y2J, mm-hmm. LAX stone of the titles, but also Sammy. This could lead to the breakup and an Eddie Jericho feud. 
I, I dig that. But uh, Alex, how are you feeling about this whole segment, the direction, et cetera? Like, I mean, I'm, I'm all for uh, Eddie getting the rub from um, feuding with Jericho as long as he beats Jericho. That's the second part that I'm worried about is that I just feel like Jericho is just going to like the plan, of course, going into the whole thing is for Eddie to come out on top. But then Jericho just like knocks on Tony Khan's door, disappears into it, comes out with a big smile on his face. Like that's that's what I'm worried about in my own headcanon. Um, this whole TNT title thing, I love the match tonight. And I think Sammy Guevara has thrown up nothing but bangers since he became originally the, uh, the, 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 the TNT champion, but I gotta say it losing the, the TNT title to Cody on a taped rampage that ran on Christmas. And then neither of them appearing on dark or rampage, oh, sorry, sorry, uh, dynamite or rampage before they were, they were to have another rematch. Like you, you gotta do something with the storyline of, of Cody taking it from Sammy and then Sammy like, kind of taking it from Cody by beating Cody's brother and now they've they're each they're each TNT champions like they still haven't done anything with the story that's what this the TNT title since Sammy got it has been lacking a real story it's been having great well, matches but no real story I like Dana saying set up Sammy versus Jericho Sammy wins uh IC 2.0 bullet club style rebrand that seems like one that that has a natural story to it R26 says, I think Daniel Garcia should have won 100%. I don't want AEW to go full. It's a swerve, bro. But one surprise result every now and then would be cool. We don't really get them. And again, I, as long as it's good, I really don't mind hot potatoing of a title or some titles. Just make it good. Make the stories good. Make the reasoning good. Make it make sense. And I'm I'm for it. Brett says, if Garcia would have won Terminus, uh, would have had, or oh, if Garcia would have won, Terminus would have had chance for, champs from AEW Impact and ROH. Sorry, I'm super excited to go to that show. Don't apologize. That is a badass looking show. Yeah, it really does. Hope you guys support it. Baron Black and Jonathan Gresham are great dudes. Kate Hensler says, don't like PWI's covers, but that magazine is beautiful on the inside. Well, you know what? It is about what's on the inside, and you can't judge a book or a magazine by its cover, Kate Hensler. I guess you learned a lesson, didn't you? <laughs> Jay Blood says, this should be the vehicle for the concept of the inner circle match with Jericho. It's an ego trip. Eddie pinning that on Jericho is great. But you yeah. know what? I'm going to pin the blame for our magazine not getting promoted on Kate Hensler because she didn't say anything about this month's Fightful magazine. Oh, look at that. I don't have the right overlay. Dan Housen uh, is the cover, cover star here this month. We've got articles on Minoru Suzuki, Jake Paul, uh, Piper Niven. We have Nate Marquardt, a UFC title challenger, uh, writing for us, EC3. And uh, we did a giveaway, uh, which is, man, look at that. I don't even have the right overlay. Where were we at? We did a giveaway uh, of late on FightfulSelect.com where you can get a digital edition if you subscribe to Fightful Select. I know a couple of you had trouble, trouble with those. We will have our tech team on that ASAP. Uh, Anakin says, if Garcia would have won, he most likely would have lost to Cody. Would rather, when Garcia wins, he hold it for a while. I wouldn't mind if he won it tonight and lost it to Cody uh, in a couple weeks. Like, I just, I just wouldn't mind it at all. Cody is the top star in that company. Danny Boy said, I love Deeb. She definitely grew on me after that because I got a PhD on this shiznit. Not, I didn't like that one. And uh, she's going to be facing a promising sky blue next week. 
Sky Blue is super over uh, in the Chicago area. Where are they at next week? DC. DC? Going to be a tough one for Sky Blue. The family of Sky Blue, one week from now, will ask you to send flowers to the funeral uh-huh. home because that ain't that's going to be a rough ending for old Sky Blue. Also, uh, I'm told Daniel Garcia is a fellow Ruckus member for the mm-hmm. Ruckus. R26 says, I understand your guys' point on the women division making improvement, but we've been saying that for all a year, for over a year, and we're still getting one match per show. I'm close to giving up hope we'll ever get a regular second one. We just got another title. We got a several-month-long feud. We've got Britt Baker being integrated into a top storyline on the men's side of things. I I don't think it's as grim as we're, we've moved out of the, the 930 slot right. over the past year. There have been strides, and I there, think there, to imply there, otherwise is disingenuous. And I also there. think because of the massive uh, WWE cuts, they're going to get some experienced talent that might be able to anchor a second match on TV better right. than some of the people they have now. Alex, they, I said on a lot of my Q&A shows, when people said, who could you realistically see going from WWE to AEW? For the first year and a half, I said Ember Moon always. would be important for a lot of different things, for for representation, both, both as, a, as a woman and a black woman, uh, in the ring, as a yeah. veteran, as a ring general, as somebody yeah. with global exposure like yeah. she she does things that other women in that company do not do right uh, um I, for for the exactly whenever somebody would send me a question of who, uh, uh who would you want from wwe to go to AEW, i always said ember moon because i think she was horribly uh underutilized miscast in in wwe and i think she's she's so great in the ring i think she fit in perfectly here i think that the whole thing is that they have made strides and to imply otherwise is disingenuous and to say that they are all the way there is absolutely not true because they've got a long way to go i think they might be halfway to where they need to get i mean they they, there's a lot left to do they have rampage now they've got the rampage they've got they've got the two women's titles now we're gonna have to see quickly things catch up to where they need to be they got two women's titles they got three hours of tv to fill on like you got to do it now. No more excuses. Third Guru says, not a fan of the interim title. Why not have a TBS title match here instead of something? Do you think they do this with the world title? No, right? Yeah, well, go ahead. Maybe you never know until they're forced into that position. I could see them doing an interim world title. I don't think they needed to do a an... position this time. Because yeah. Cody was only going to be out for like a couple of weeks at most. It, exactly. So, yeah, I did think it was not a didn't make any sense. Just do a top contender match for it. Then Britt Lockman says Kip was in the audience today. Uh, any idea what's going on there? He's there again. Uh, no, I have no idea. He's been doing this bag over his head gimmick for quite a while, but announced for dynamite, uh, OC and Chris against Britt Baker, Adam Cole, punk versus Sean Spears, Serena versus sky blue sting and Darby versus the acclaimed and Cody returns, but announced for this Friday on rampage. You got Beretta and Adam Cole, Chris uh, Velvet and Layla against Nyla, Penelope, and the Bunny. Sean Spears versus Andrew Everett, Impact Wrestling veteran, who uh, was an X-Division guy who wears a Big Show-esque one-strap singlet and says he's seven feet tall. Big fan of him. And a tag team title match. Jungle Boy, Luchasaurus against John Silver and Alex Reynolds. We will have coverage of both of those, my friends. Please subscribe to FightfulSelect.com. I would greatly appreciate it. You can check out Alex over there doing Sour Graps twice a week at least. 
And I've got my Q&A show dropping either tomorrow or Friday. Alex, tell them what you got. Uh, on uh, Mondays and on the weekend, I talk about uh, Raw and SmackDown and how bleak it is over there. And then on uh, Tuesdays with uh, with Kate Hensler, uh, she and I cope with whatever's happening on NXT by just having a big old party and losing our minds doing crazy voices. So come over and hang out. Uh, it's a lot of fun. You can follow me on the Twitter at Alex Sourgraps. Robert, what you got going on? Uh, every Monday, I am here covering Monday Night Raw, writing up all the news every day of the week. And of course, you can follow me on Twitter at DudeFelice to see where else I'm talking into this microphone. Guys, we got so much going on all the time. Thank you all. Uh, our subscribers on Fightful Select have been climbing. I appreciate you guys so much. We're out. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.